10 pence arcade podcast is sponsored by Retro Games Party. Get out of emulation and into the arcade with Retro Games Party. Arcade game hire for public events and private parties. With three regular community-led meetings throughout the year, there ain't no party like a Retro Games Party. Visit their website at www.retrogamesparty.co.uk and get involved. The 10 pence arcade podcast is a proud member of the Retro Junkies Network and Throwback Network. Hello and welcome to the 10 Pence Arcade Podcast. My name is Victor Marland, a.k.a. Vertvig. And I'm Sean Holly, a.k.a. Uh, a slightly overweight Walter White lookalike. That's a quite a long, a long tag to have on your forum notes. <laughs> I've written that down so I remember it. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, we are a podcast about old arcade games, if you don't know that already. So, let's talk about what we've been up to since the last podcast. Um, I think you can tell us all about Arcade Club, can't you? Oh, yeah, I've got some uh, good experiences there. Now, I went to the opening night last Saturday, mm-hmm. uh, which was brilliant. A really cosy atmosphere, lovely place. Um, the machines are immaculate. They've got some pinballs and um, loads of good arcade games, uh, some candy cabs. Um, but last night, I had a surprise birthday party that my wife organised. Sneaky wife. Yeah, um, that was brilliant. I was, I, was, um, I was told I was going out for a meal. Uh, in Haslinden, and we turned up in Haslinden, and my wife says, "Oh, just go in there." And it was the arcade club, and um, yeah, people turned up. We had a great night, and we had all the games to ourselves all night. It was really good, and uh, some awesome cakes. Yes, was consumed. So after a six and a half hour grueling drive in the car, I turned up. <laughs> <laughs> it was quite a long. It was supposed to be four and a half hours, but there was a lot of traffic on it. It was rubbish. Honestly, travelling on a Friday in the UK is just not. It's just don't do it. It's not wrong. Clever. It's not good at all. But um, I got there all stressed out and annoyed because it had been raining all the time and there's so much traffic. And I got there within five minutes. It had gone. I mean, the place is brilliant. It's so. It's really nicely lit. There's loads of nice retro ornaments. There's like spectrums on the wall and really cool artwork, framed artwork on there. And there's loads of candy cabs. One of my old ones is in there. Actually, my old pony's in there. They had uh, loads of dedicated machines as well. They had a couple of... um, There was three jammer cabs together with some really good games on. They looked really nice together. Yeah. And then you had loads of pinballs, some new ones as well. A couple of my favourites there is um, Revenge from Mars. I love that game. It's so so great. And Elvira I hadn't played before. I'm a bit of a fan of Elvira anyway, obviously. <laughs> so that Metallica. was really nice. That, yeah. That's a really cool... It's uh, a noisy one, isn't it, Metallica? Yeah. Really loud, I noticed. But uh, didn't you break it when you got there? No. Didn't an LED go or something? Yeah. You blew. Yeah. You're playing it too hard. An LED sort of spanned down the the, um, the ball return thing and blocked it all up. <laughs> How'd you break that? I don't brand know. new brand new pinball at ten thousand quid's worth and you broke it. I was well gonna, done. I was gonna run off, but I did own up to it in the end. <laughs> I think we would have known you were gone. With yeah. all them with all them banners saying in your face, Happy birthday, poor uh, Sean Holly. <laughs> yeah, it was really good. Your sneaky wife sorted us sorted us out. Um we we planned this for about a week or two without you knowing about it. There was this even a secret Facebook page you didn't know about and everything. Yeah, she good. said, yeah, it's, that's so good. It's Yeah, really appreciate it. It's br- it was a really good night. It really was really nice, night. really yeah. cool. I did, well, we, I think Andy, Andy, stay, Andy, Andy stayed open late for us, which was really good of him. Um, so I think we were there to about midnight, actually. It was only supposed to be until 10 o'clock. We were there till midnight. It was, I had a really cool time. I was playing some nice games, which you unfortunately beat me on all of them. I put a nice score on... Uh, Star Force. Star Force, yeah. Yeah, such a good game. In your face, Sean. Well, he won't beat that, and then he beat it. Then I beat it back, then you beat it back at the end of the night, you cheeky get. And Raiden 2. 
You did, yeah. I brought my Raiden 2 board just so you could play the, the real version and tell the listeners what it's like. Be it's, honest. Yeah, it is good. It is and, good. And what? And the PC version that I was playing is... It is very good, yeah. It's a lot harder, you swine. <laughs> just say it, just say it. It's a bit more difficult, yeah. But You, I, know, you know, there's quite a few differences, you said, it, um, to the PS1 version you were playing. The, the one I noticed, that there's the some of the animations are different, where the... Um, and the hardness is different. One of the, when you kill the craft, the animation on the PCB is better, where they like fade out and crash into the ground. And and there's these big square tanks that I'm sure are not on the on Raiden project. Yeah. I'm sure they're not on it. Yeah. The, well, the thing with Raiden and Raiden 2 is they just throw baddies at you. And when you think, oh, I've just killed them, next one, another one comes. And then, you know, oh, brilliant, there's two. No, no, there's three. <laughs> and then if you miss them, they come back. They come back up the screen. They don't ever let you go. No. It's a really difficult game. But, yeah, we had a good blast on that. I think I got a reasonable score, 200-and-something thousand. Yeah, and uh, uh, Lunar Rescue as well. Oh, yeah, a bit of Lunar Rescue on the Space Invaders machine. It's got mm. a multi on there, and we're playing Lunar Rescue. Brilliant game. Mm, the strange thing is with Star Force, I couldn't beat you until I had a couple of them strong Polish lagers. <laughs> yeah. And then I, I could beat you. I've always said that I, I never drink and play because I just can't do it. I just forget and get bored. No, I'm going to drink and talk to someone. But yeah, obviously work with some people. I think Alex is like that. He has a few rum and cokes and his Donkey Kong scores go up exponentially. It's, it's mad. I think, yeah, when you get to three or four, then you start losing it then. Yeah, I think so. I was driving, so I couldn't have even tried that anyway. <laughs> But the place was brilliant. It's all, it was all really nice, carpeted, nice you know, decorations on the wall, LEDs everywhere. It was just really, really cool. I was talking to Andy for a bit, congratulated on how cool it was because it was a really excellent place. Hopefully, it, you know, you get a lot of people there. And it's, it seems to be for collectors and enthusiasts rather than just Joe Schmo off the, screw, off the street who might ruin things. So I think it's probably a good idea doing that. It's, well, I think anyone anyone can come in. Um, yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, Long as you behave... Yeah, there'll be a few in tonight. I'm going again tonight. I just can't resist. I think I would as well if I had the chance. Yeah. Well, I'm going to Chester Zoo today because I like zoos. And then we're going back down. Hopefully it won't take six and a half flipping hours to get back home again. Oh, that's a long journey, yeah. It was, yeah. So you're going three times in eight days. That's just wrong, isn't it? Uh, yeah, it's not not great. <laughs> yeah. The thing is, you don't really need a cab in your house because you've got like 20 of them down the road. <laughs> and get to every Saturday. I suppose if you, if you offer to help out... Help out inverted brackets. You can get more games in as well. Yeah, I've asked Andy to uh, if he can leave Star Force in that cab. I think he's going to. Yeah, so it's a winner, wasn't it? Yeah, I'll never go on that tonight. Yeah, very good game. Yeah, we like a bit of stuff. I think Andy's got a few spare boards, and he's going to sell me his broken ones. Hopefully, I can just get it fixed, and I'll have a board at home. I'll probably stick that in one of my ponies. Actually, on the upright pony, because I do play shoot 'em ups quite a lot on them. Bang it in a pony. Bang it in a pony. <laughs> Give it a good scene to. <laughs> so, uh, well, tell us about the Batcave, because there's a thing up here called the Batcave, isn't there? Quite close to you. Yeah I, went, runs. yeah, I went to that uh, as well last Saturday for a couple of hours. Um, they had a Darkstalkers tournament. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's like and, Street Fighter, isn't it? Uh, yeah. Uh, Darkstalkers Resurrection, which is the newest. The it's a bit madder version. than Street Fighter, isn't it? Yeah, there's it's lots of weird crazy. combos and that going on. So I, I, I played that, and I got beaten by this... Uh, 12-year-old. Young, young lad. <laughs> I thought the only way I'm going to do it is crouch in a corner and just bash one button. And, <laughs> and I beat, I almost won, but it, then he sort of worked out, you know, to beat me. Yeah, yeah. And there were lots of Halloween costumes and uh, lots of things going on. Oh, yeah, Halloween, wasn't it? Oh, you forgot to tell us this, how old you were, or how old you are on Monday. Yeah. Um, 32. Yeah. <laughs> There's photos on Facebook now with a 45 on the cake. So Oh, yeah. Oops. <laughs> we'll just say it was a typo. Yeah, I will yeah. put a picture on there of um, the cakes, actually, because there's a face cake 
with you drinking at your your ten pence mug, and there's one my wife made um, with Cuba on it, which is oh, quite yeah. nice. That that was that's gorgeous. That cake. We've still got some left in the uh, fridge. So you only got seven hundred eighty six billion calories left in there. Yeah, it's a super, lot went in that cake. I tell you, super chocolatey. Yeah, really nice. Uh, at the back cave as well, there was um you know, um a Mega Drive. There's, there's all the normal things there. There's always a Super Smash Brothers on some format. I think it was GameCube this time. Oh yeah. Um, there was a Mega Drive, and I managed to play Zero Wing. All your base I belong to us. Oh, is that the one? Yeah. I, yeah. I always remember the quote, but never remember the game. Is it what? It's a shooter. Yeah, horizontal shooter. Yeah. Oh nice. And it's a good game, really. The good, decent power ups on it and stuff. Yeah, it's it's pretty good. Maybe we should put it in the arcade. Hmm. Hmm. And you've been joining a few more arcade forums, I take it. Yeah, so for, I actually forum overload. I thought I'd you know try and get in on the um, Euro scene and see what everyone's doing, but I haven't yeah. had a chance to read much yet. I think we should. Yeah, yeah. So arcade Otaku I've joined Dragon's mm-hmm. Lair fans. Yeah, I have as well. And Atari Age and all these they have good arcade sections. I know they're specialising the you know separate subjects. Yeah, but the, the arcade sections and the threads are always really good. That's, Atari Age especially is really good one. Because a lot of the American guys, they do a lot of projects on there. You know, they'll they'll make certain things for arcade machines, and they'll they'll do a run of something. And you know, it's Atari Age, but everything's covered on there. It's yeah. a great forum to go on, actually. And same with Dragon's Lair fans. It's not just Dragon's Lair. Because I mean, I don't like the Dragon's Lair game very much, but I think Bruno, the guy who runs it, that's one of his favourite games. So he just called it after that. But it does cover everything on there. It's just like all the other forums we on really. They sort of cover everything. And Arcade Otaku is more of a sort of Japanese-based thing. Yeah, that sounds... I've been on Otake to Tucker for ages, actually. I've been there quite a while. I love that site. It's good. Yeah, it sounds like my cup of tea with the cave games and that. Yeah, that looks a really yeah. good one. Are you on Shmups as well? I am. Yes. I'm not. I might have to get on that because I do like a shooter. Yeah, I've not read that one for a while, but yeah, there's uh, some good details on there about the games. Really intricate details about gameplay and that oh, on right, Shmups. okay. That would be quite yeah. handy, actually. Yeah, what else have I been doing? Uh, loads of Sun Sun. Yep. Yeah. I have been playing quite a lot of it, actually. Yeah. And swearing a lot. Yeah. It's a swears game. <laughs> it is a real sweary game. I mean, it's, it's, some of it is so frustrating. We'll get onto that a little bit later on yeah. when we describe the game. But, um, yeah, I, I really liked it to begin with and sort of gone off it a bit now because it, it, I played it so hard <laughs> trying to beat you. I don't think I have. And, um, yeah. But I watched the YouTube of it and it seemed easy. No. That's the thing. That's, that's, no. It's that's not. what makes you swear because you, you're just stupid deaths all the time. Yeah. You can see it coming, you're dead. You wouldn't think going from left to right shooting and stuff would be that difficult, would you? No. Um, I've you had to go on the new main at all. Yep. The 154, is it now they're on? 155 even. Yeah, what was on there that was... Uh, oh, Raiden, weren't it? We were playing Raiden. Raiden 2's on yeah. there now. Yeah. Probably works now. So I might even sell my boards, because I'm not even going to go back to the game so much, to be honest with you. Mm. It's too hard. <laughs> it is, but yeah, it's definitely better um, than the version I was playing, this other version. Yeah, I, I thought I thought the PlayStation versions, the uh, Raiden project was quite close, but apparently not. Oh, no, I think it's very close, but there's yeah. just slight bits missing. I suppose they're limited by the hardware, aren't they, at the time? Oh, maybe. Oh, I don't mm. know. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Um, I've also been listening to some music. I think I was listening to a podcast. I think it was a, an old retro obscure one. Yeah. And they were mentioning some guy that did uh, Mega Drive music. So I started listening to some of my old favorites. Yeah. Turrican, uh, uh, Amiga soundtrack. That is such a good uh, yeah. music. It's all the sort of FM synth stuff, that one. Yeah. I, I do like a lot of that. I mean, you say retro obscure, Aaron Hickman, a mate of mine, 
who does uh, the music on that. I think him and, and uh, Adam do it. And uh, he's done some really good tunes. You should check his SoundCloud out. They're really cool. Right. There's little, little ditties and that. And he did one of um, uh, Galaxian. It's really cool. You've yeah. got to listen to that, one, mate. Yeah, it's really <laughs> smart. Hopefully, I think I think all these guys, because Paul Nermanen on Intellivisionaries, he's a bit of a music guy as well. And yeah. he does a lot of their music. And I think they've both done some for the ColecoVisions podcast as well, which I quite like. And um, I think they should put a CD together because they're quite short tunes, but they're great to listen to. I really, really like the Intellivisionaries theme tune because it's yeah. got like bits of Intellivision and Intellivision adverts in it as well. And it's just a really cool sounding thing. I really, really like it. Oh, that sounds good, that. Yeah. Super Castlevania 4 on the snares, that soundtrack. There's about 15 tracks, and um, I was just after one, I remembered one. But I went through them all, and they're really good. Yeah. And uh, Rob Hubbard from my childhood, the Commodore 64 music guru. Oh, he, God, uh, yeah. Yeah, he did loads of ones. Crazy Comets, Thrust, Monty on the Run was a good one, One Man and His Droid, all, all those kind of tunes. Yeah, I used to like the Commodore 64 loading music. She used to get a tune when it was loading, didn't you? I mean, Green yeah. Beret had like loads of wobbly effects when it was loading up. I don't know if he did that one as well. I'm not sure. I know More did, than likely. I know he did Commando. There was two or three guys, weren't there, on the Commodore 64. He did a lot of Sid, Sid music, which was really good. Yeah. Galway, was it? Somebody Martin Galway. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're brilliant, those guys. I think they actually play live nowadays. When they go to shows and stuff, you see them playing live keyboards and stuff on stage, and it's really nice to see them live. Mm. My Death Race is paid for and wrapped up. It's on a pallet. Um, I'm getting some news on Monday about where it is. In the world, hopefully it's going to be coming to me soon. I cannot wait to get into that. Right, while you're waiting, there's a, an Odyssey Two version that someone's yes, done. A homebrew version. Must be really yeah. good. Yeah, I think you, if you could get like an Odyssey emulator, you might be able to play it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can get Odyssey emulators, no problem. I might have to get that actually because um, I was looking the other day on Mame for it, and it's not a Mame. I thought I'd played Death Race on Mame before. Obviously not. It's a TTL game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, so yeah, so it won't be on main. No. Just like the original Breakout and all those sort of games. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm quite pleased I'm getting a game that ain't on main. Yeah, I think Super Breakout's on main, but... Yes, yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. I actually used to own a Breakout, the original yeah. Breakout. So, yeah, yeah, I had a table version of it. But it was so big. It's like it was about a, a metre diameter because it was a round table top and it's quite tall. So, you can't really keep it in an arcade if you've only got like a little garage size arcade. Yeah. I've also been, uh, we, we aired the Intellivisionaries, Intellivirgins uh, segment on Intellivisionaries that me and my mate Ben Vip and Aaron Diagamblick did. Uh, we were just basically being the young guys, well, I say young, <laughs> the new guys to Intellivision, because I'd never had one as a kid. And we played Burger Time. And I really got into it. I mean, I really like Burger Time anyway, but the Intellivision version is really smart. It's a really yeah. good version. Yeah, really close. And the other day, I, I had a quick look on um, this, a, a YouTube clip, and it was showing the difference between the Atari version, the 2600 version, and television. And the Atari 2600 version, you're like, is that the same game? <laughs> it doesn't look anything <laughs> like it. They didn't look like burgers. What's going on? So yeah. that was pretty good. That was uh, aired on the last in television areas when they did their Halloween one, which is well worth downloading. Uh, all right, I'll have to have a listen to that. Yeah, we were supposed to record another one uh, the other yeah. night, but Aaron had to had a, a work call because he's in America, you see. Hopefully we're doing that tomorrow night. Yeah, but that'll oh, be on good. next month's one. Bit of moonlighting from the ten pence. Yeah, yeah, I do a bit of that now and again. It's quite <laughs> fun. I'll do anything. <laughs> Gets addictive, doesn't it? Right. Okay, that's about it for what we've done lately. Uh, I've just been playing a few games. Really, I've been playing Sons on a lot, and uh, not a lot else. Really, I'm trying to beat your damn score, but I don't think I have. <laughs> I've been playing Death Smiles as well. What an excellent game. Yeah, a friend of mine's actually got the board of that, and we play it on his. Um, he's got a, a Aero table. You know, the Sega Aeros. Right. Oh, it's brilliant on a table machine. It's got a 25-inch monitor in it, and you're sort of looking down on it, and it's a brilliant game to play on a real machine. 
Oh, it's really smart. Yeah, the, uh, the graphics and the animation. Yeah, it's the uh, kind of sort of gothic, sort of Halloweeny type thing I like. It's just a perfect game for Halloween. I know. And I think the, the Xbox 360 versions are quite good. I've got Death Smiles too on the 360. It's quite good. Yeah, it plays really. And if you if you learn how to play it properly, it's quite. It's one of their easiest games, apparently. Yeah, and you can oh. complete it quite easily. But it's when to to let off the certain weapons to get the certain scores in the game. You've got to learn sort of certain parts of it, and yeah. that's where the skill comes in. With I think with a lot of those cave games, you've got to know the rules of the game. It's not just shoot everything, dodge everything, shoot certain things, collect certain things, do this, do that, and then you get the massive scores. And it's it's quite difficult learning how to play them because a lot of the PCBs. The Japanese and there's no instructions as such and not until like the the console versions come and then they tell you what's going on so I'm sort of a bit useless at those games but I do like them I mm. really like them I was playing last night uh, Border Down uh, which I'd, I'd heard of but d- didn't even know what it was and it's um it's a horizontal shooter yeah uh, that's got a, a lot of depth to it I think and it, if it's still I think it will still be in the candy tonight and I'll play it tonight nice. try and get more into it that's that's a good than that I've actually got that because yeah. I've got a Naomi system in my Naomi as well as my um, my main setup, and uh, I can just put it on there because I've got a, an Ethernet um, connection to it, and I can put whatever I want on there. You know, I've got all the ROMs and everything. And it's sort of net boots, and oh, so I can put it on. So when you come out of London one time, if yeah. you ever down that end, I'll just bang it on, bang it in a Naomi. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be pretty good. Right then, let's do arcade news from around the world and local areas. Okay. Steve, as he's known on various forums, and this is his name in real life, oddly enough. He's holding an arcade get-together at his place after the Arcade 2 event at the Cambridge Computer Museum, which is going to be on the 15th of November, next weekend. So everything will be done there. We'll be fixing machines and getting together and learning stuff. And then when that ends, all back to his place, about 20 miles away, arcade and pinball goodness. And I understand a major havoc's going to be there. Someone's bringing a major havoc. I'm not right. sure if he's buying it or whatever, but yeah, he's uh, going to have one of them there. And I don't think I've ever played a real major havoc. I don't think I played it in Fun Spot when I was there, which I should have done. That's a criminal offence, surely. Yeah, I've never played one. It, it's one of them you can play it in an emulation, but it's you need that that spinner, don't you? It's like a funny green roller thing. Yeah, you need that. Because yeah, yeah. It's very hard to control with a stick or anything. You just yeah. you need that spinner. Yeah. Wicked game though. Really nice looking game, especially yeah. for color vector. It's one of those um, grails for everyone because there's not many of them around at all. They're quite rare. Yeah. Not as rare as my death race. <laughs> yeah. Oh, MAME's now available in browser. You can play MAME without actually having it on your computer. You can just play it in the browser at work or wherever. Oh, no, you shouldn't be doing that. <laughs> we will be. Yeah. Apparently, there's was it 900 games you can play on it now? Playable games? Yeah, I had a look. It's on the Wayback Machine, the internetarchive.org, which is a oh, fantastic yeah. um, archive for yes, everything. Yes, it is. Yes, I'm it digging is. into that more and more, really. Um, I've tried Cuba, tried uh, Cuba on it, and it, it plays do. well. It plays well. The sound is um, a bit, um, I don't know, some weird artifacts. It might be my browser, Chrome. Yeah. But, um, they they yeah. said it works best in Firefox, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah. Of course might, just a, uh, might be an idea to have it on the computer just to play MAME on. Yeah. <laughs> MAME browser. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, that's another good uh, development in the um, arcade scene, I think. Yep, yeah, I should put that in the show notes so people can get to that. They probably know about it already, actually. Yeah. Oh, I noticed I was on the Jammer Plus forum. I haven't been on there for a little while. And there's a guy, a uh, forum guy called Mini. And he, I just thought this should be in the shout-outs, really. He gave away three cabinets, full cabinets recently. What a guy. Yeah. He gave away a Time Crisis, the gun game, which only got uh, some kind of 
boot reset fault on the PCB, so it could be an easy fix or just pop another PCB in there. But the, you know how big those cabs are? They're massive. Yeah. Uh, and the guns as well. They're worth quite a bit of money. He also gave away an Electrical and Goliath cab with clacks already in it, which is a favourite of mine. I love clacks. Mm, good game. Uh, and it's, it's, he said it, he was quite um, humble about it. He said, oh, it needs a monitor cap kit, which I've included. <laughs> and he also gave away um, a 19-inch Silverline cab, which is a generic sort of cabinet. A nice-looking thing as well. And he said, oh, it needs a new replacement monitor, which he's included. <laughs> so, well done, Minnie. That's really nice of you. That's just such a really cool thing to do for the community, just to give away a cab, especially someone who you know possibly can't afford one or whatever. Absolutely brilliant. Yeah, what a generous guy, eh? Cool, yeah. Really, yeah. really good. Yeah, I've noticed um, a few things popping up. Um, I'm, uh, do you watch The Big Bang Theory? I don't, actually. I'm, I'm sort of getting more into American sitcoms, and I yeah. might try it out. It looks a bit annoying, but I'll give it a go, especially in your next sentence I've been looking at on our notes. <laughs> well, well, yeah, when you get to know the characters, it's really good. Yeah. I've not seen it for a bit, to be honest, but um, uh, someone put on, on one of the forums, uh, one of their latest episodes, um, Sheldon, Leonard and Raj... Um, they get locked in a basement, and it's a, an arcade basement. Oh, they lock me in there if they like. Yeah, um, someone put just a little video clip of it up somewhere, um, and this arcade is amazing. Like they've got all these um, models, uh, you know, RoboCop, Terminator Two, Robbie the Robot from Forbidden Planet, oh, yeah. um, all around the place, and interspersed. There's there's um, these rare games. There's, there's an Atari Gotcha. Wow. From 1973, I think. And it's pristine, wow. it looks. Good year, good year. Yeah, there's a computer space. That when you were born, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, computer space, and there's a jaw. Uh, it's either called Jaws or Shark Shark Jaws, Jaws. yeah. One of the games that cashed, were trying to cash in on the Jaws. Um, Is that the one with the, the shark cabinet with its gob open? No. Oh, no. There's, there's a really cool cabinet. I was looking at a book the other night, and it's got loads. It's like it's supposed to be a collector's book. It's really out of date now, and it's American, so everything's cheap. And it's got an um, actual sort of um, a plastic cab of a, of a shark with his gob open, and the game's in his in his chops, and you're playing. It's a really nice looking. Thing. I'd love to own one of those things, just as a a sort of piece, a speaking piece, you know, sort of to yeah. talk about. It's a really cool looking thing. I have I've seen it. I think I don't think the game's any good, but the cab's really good. Yeah, yeah, yeah really nice. Yeah. Also, what's else been happening? Uh, Hammer Away, which is an unreleased. Uh, Who? What? Hammer Away. What the hell's that? It's a, an unreleased uh, Sega prototype that some Portuguese have found, apparently in an old stash of PCBs. Wow. Um, a vertical shooter, and they've found it, got it working, and then they've uh, released the ROM to the main dev team. Oh, well done, guys. That's brilliant. So, um, you should be able to play it soon. Apparently, you can play it now, but you need to do a bit of hacking to to mame. So okay. I've just left the it the next alone. one. It'll probably be sorted. Yeah, one five six. You that should got to load it up. That is really admirable because there's no way anyone in the world would ever get to play that game apart mm. from these guys putting it on there. So well done, guys. That's absolutely brilliant. Yeah, I that. love it when things like that happen. You sort of you find a new game or a, a prototype or something, and sometimes. I think um, Funspot did it with a game called Flower. It was a quite weird. They actually made a cabinet of it. They actually yeah, did uh, their own cabinet up. I think they released it a couple of years ago when the World Championships were on. They had it under sort of wraps. It's, oh, our game today is bidding flower. And it was brilliant. Right. Yeah, really good. nice. I love it when people do that sort of thing. Especially if they, if they really like a game, especially if no one else has heard of it or even like it. And they go, I want to make a cab of that. And they make their own yeah. artwork and get it all printed. And it looks really cool. I really, really like that sort of stuff. Oh, excellent. Um, the latest retro gamer. Mm -hmm. um, that's got a couple of arcade um, articles in this month. There's yeah, one. I was on... leafing through your one earlier. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we were at Sean's house today, by the way, because it was at his party last night. Uh, so we are sort of together for once. Yeah, strange. Rather than on a phone line. 
in a little tiny uh, yeah, picture little, on the screen. Yeah, uh, yeah. This retro game has got um, an article on the legacy of Defender, which is a good read. I won't, yeah, I won't give anything away on that. But yeah, it's, it's worth the reading. And also the making of Food Fight, the oh. Atari game Food Fight, which I, I still haven't played. It's such a cool game. Yeah, but you've got to play it on a real cab. Yeah, I'm not sure if the New Frontier have actually got it or not. Food Fight, but I'm sure it's on their list of games to get. It's yeah. the original cab. You've got to play it on the original cab. It's got um. It's got an analog joystick. Is it uh, twin stick? No, no, single stick joystick, one button. But the joystick's quite a weird looking thing. It's quite a big thing, and it's it's analog. I've actually repaired them before for people because my mate Sean down in the arcade barn when that was open, he had one, and I fixed some gimbals for, made some bits for it, and it plays really well. But and, and a normal joystick, you can play it in MAME, okay, but it's not quite as good. And the original yeah, cab's right. lovely. It's such a nice the artwork on it. I think that's going to be one of ours for the art of side art in the future because it's yeah. a really cool picture on the side it's really nice oh excellent also in the new arcade news this is still a bit of a rumour but there's a, supposed to be a Luigi's Mansion arcade game I've uh, seen a picture uh, of it so it must yeah, be in the, in the mix a single cab has been seen on location test in Japan somewhere someone put a tweet up it may be being developed by uh, Capcom not Nintendo oh yeah um, I think it's going to be a light gun game Mm-hmm. And it's based on um, Luigi's Mansion 2 that was on the 3DS. Oh, yeah. Apparently. So that might be worth uh, checking out when it does come out. But I, I can't see it for a few months yet. Yeah. I think we'll probably get it, though, because the, the Luigi thing's big in the UK still, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Anything Excellent. Mario. Yeah. yeah, yeah. We like new arcade games. Always good. Yeah. Also, I've been checking out um, a virtual arcade. It's software. This kind of thing's been done before. But this one is on an Oculus Rift. Ah. Right. You put. I, I've only... only put it on PCs because I haven't got an Oculus Rift set. Oddly enough. <laughs> yeah. Not many have yet. No. But you can um you can walk around this virtual arcade and walk up to a game, walk up to a cabin and play the actual game. I've seen someone review it and they um they're saying it's just amazing. It's the best use of the Rift yet. Oh right, cool. And you can play the game and as you look around you, you know you can um you disconnect from the game and there's a he's got like a, a bowling alley and, and stuff. Oh, right. and basketball you know basketball games where you Try and throw the basketball into the hoops and miss all the time, and then swear. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, normal. That's, that's, that's part of it. It's in the instructions, I'm sure. Yeah. Swear at hoop. <laughs> <laughs> swear at inanimate object for yeah. your for your lack of skill. That's normally what we do. Yeah. So check it out it's digital digital cybercherries dot com. Good uh, name. Yeah, I like that. So you can download the um, the standard version. But um, uh, yeah, I'd, I'd love to play it on the uh, Oculus Rift. Hopefully, one of the shows will have the Rift there. Because yes. you've had a go on Oculus Rift, haven't you? Yeah, a couple of times now. Yeah, a couple oh, of Jeff right. Minter games and um, some oh, weird... Oh, Jeff, what a guy. It was just like walking through a house and up some stairs and into a garden at Revival. And that was just amazing, doing that. You can imagine what they're going to do with this thing. Horror games. and They're going to kill someone before long for yeah. fright. Yeah, it sounds really good. I like the idea of that. Especially going into an arcade. But saying that, we did that last night with any Oculus Rift. <laughs> in <a real> arcade. <laughs> It, oh, it's so realistic, that arcade. Yeah, yeah, it was. Without you could even feel it, couldn't yeah. you? I can even smell that Polish beer on your breath. <laughs> kids drink Polish beer. No, don't. No, sorry, don't say no, that. Kids don't do that, no. Kids drink Polish Diet Coke. Yes. Send us Diet Coke. <laughs> right then, let's do pickups. <laughs> I've not picked up too much arcade stuff lately. Um, two Game Boy Pockets I got off eBay because I ruined my first one because I tried to do a a light uh, mod on it and ruined the screen because I'm an idiot. 
and they both actually work. I got them for about 10 quid delivered. Ain't bad for two no, Game Boys. Good, yeah. So Tetris, obviously. And also, I was, in a, I was in a charity shop. I do the charity shops now and again, but it's it's pointless doing charity shops anywhere in Middlesex because Alex has been around and nicked everything out of it. <laughs> He's had all the console stuff, all the computers away. All but I actually stuff. found um, a little Pac-Man plush to go in the games room on top of a machine. It was £1.50, brand new. Right. It's a proper, you know, a licensed one, an Amco one. It's really nice. Pac-Man Plus, or Pac- have you got a list? Pac-Man Plush. Plush. Ah, Plush. Plush. Soft. I sleep with it, it's nice. <laughs> and I, I couldn't put this on the notes, actually, as well as when I was doing the notes, we, we do the notes on Google Drive, so I send them to Sean and share them so we can look and add things to it as well. We can update it at work and all sorts. And I couldn't put anything on there about his birthday because it was all a big secret. Yeah. And uh, I still can't put on there what I've got you because I bloody forgot it. I left it at home and I'm going to send it to you tomorrow, uh, on Monday. Oh, excellent. Thank you. And I, another thing I couldn't put on there is I've bought some things for the wife for Christmas. I've bought her um, N64 EverDrive because when she was yeah. a kid, she's a bit younger than me, quite a lot younger than me and um, she used to play N64 as a kid and she said oh I like this game and that game I was like oh no they never had any games on N64 and she was like yes they did they're really good so I thought alright I'll sort you out I'll get you an N64 EverDrive and then we can play any game you like on there so I bought that off of Tetsujin Adam from Arcade Otaku yeah. and typical to these Otaku types it's in it's actually in a it's housed in an old cartridge I think an old South Park racing cartridge but he's put it in a foreign cartridge and it won't fit in my N64 so I've had to order one of them funny looking screwdriver things it's got like a weird game bit it's like a reverse uh, Torx wrench if you like and I've ordered one of them to get into the cartridge and I'll put it in a a UK cartridge and hopefully it should be alright I haven't tried it yet but I'm I'm quite interested to have a go actually when she's not looking get when she's in bed I'll just whip it on quick when she's not looking yeah there there is some awesome N64 games I think um, really? yeah I had one for a bit I got into um F Zero X, which is the racer. Yeah. Uh, Nintendo do a lot of F Zeros, don't they? And mm. also there was a 3D Rayman. I can't remember what it was called. Rayman oh, yeah. Three or something. Or I like but, Rayman on the PlayStation. Actually, you chuck your hands at people. Mm, it's quite good. This was a very good version. I, I think I nearly finished it and then do what I normally do and got bored and moved on to the next game. Yeah. But, I, well, the cartridges we got actually two of them. I think I, I looked in the lot and we had two for some reason. Yoshi's Story. Yeah. Oh, that's a brilliant game. It's, it looks like a kids made it with with crayons. It's really good. Ah, yes, yeah, it's I a really nice yeah. game. I had a quick go of that and I thought I can't be playing this too long. She'll be back in a minute. I better hurry up. <laughs> so what have you got there mate you, have, you, have you lost any more remotes this week uh, no I found it you it was doddery old it, fool it, yeah where am I it was It was in the back cave remotes box obviously <laughs> so it wasn't remote. even in your house uh, no <laughs> you idiot <laughs> uh, I've got an awesome 10 pence arcade mug who sent you that I don't know Mr Marlon I think yes yeah, so and that was from the uh, www.arcademugs.com he was yes. the guy who sent us all our free mugs and we are really pleased with them Yes, I use mine all the time. I can now have arcade coffee, which is even tastier than normal coffee. Absolutely, smells of ten peas. Yeah, it does. <laughs> Dirt. <laughs> um, Mr. Tony Doyle got me a present last night—a Space Invaders wallet and cufflink set. I saw those very smart. I'm gonna have to buy a shirt with the cufflink things now. Yeah, a short sleeve one. <laughs> yeah. And um, I've got a, a virtual pickup: uh, the Bedrooms to Billions uh, movie download. I've downloaded that this morning. Um, I will, I will watch it because I've, I've uh, heard a bit about it on one of the podcasts somewhere, and it sounds really good. I've seen it. Yeah, good is it? Um, no, it's very long. Good. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I tell you what, if you if you like the old eighties computer stuff, you'll love it. Simple as that. Well, I do. Yeah, yeah, uh, you'll love it. It's really long. I think, I think if you got the DVD download, 
Yes. So I think there's, there's, there's about 10 million hours worth of uh, extras on it as well. Well, I got the cheapest one because it's, um, the actual physical thing was about 30-odd quid, I think. I think it's because it's got a lot of extras yeah. on it. That's the thing. So I just got the, the digital uh, download for about um, a tenner, I think. Oh, nice. That's mm. pretty cool. Keep going for a while. Okay, let's do feedback. Uh, Alex Chucky Egg. We know him, don't we? Oh, We've we heard of him. He was listening to us while knocking down a wall. That's <laughs> <laughs> some kind of a real-life breakout, I think, that, isn't it? Yeah. And he likes the fact he doesn't have to listen to his own voice anymore. <laughs> and he likes your modern arcade news. Oh, thanks, Alex. Uh, he also approves of us talking about our European arcade cousins as well. And hopefully, I think Alex is organising um, a trip over to Belgium. I think in April next yeah, year. Yeah, to Bruno's Arcade. To go and see Bruno's yeah. Arcade. Um, and I think there's something on with the Euro. There's a Euro show. I can't remember which one it is now. We did talk about it before. And I think he's going to sort something out like a minibus and sort of bits and bobs. And not, not just yet. It's not on for a while. But yeah, I'm quite looking forward to that. Actually, I wouldn't mind going abroad to see some uh, arcade stuff. Because I think Europe got quite a few decent stuff. Because my death race is coming from Germany. Hmm. And there's some interesting members from Italy and Spain and Austria on the different forums we go on. And they've got some really nice cabs. There's a guy called Bicton. I think he's in Spain. And he's got a really nice lot of old cabs. And they're really nice. Some really odd prototypes and stuff as well. Yeah, good. Simon Dunn, the guy who runs the uh, Four Quarters, helps out the Four Quarters. He had a quick go lover boy. Yeah. And oddly enough, he won't be adding it to his main favourites <laughs> or playing it when his wife's around. <laughs> the game is filth. Don't play it. I wonder what the side art would look like on that game. <laughs> I yeah. bet it would have been good. Yeah. I think that would have been in uh, in some of the old um, underwear shops and sort of stuff in yeah. Soho, maybe, if you're lucky. Andrew Lowe. Uh, loved the review of Raiden 2 and he ho- hopefully he's going to see me soon because he keeps getting in contact with me and we, he wants to sort of have a get together in either the hog the heart of gaming or yeah. the four quarters bar and it's, it's been a bit of a pain really because I've been available for a while I've been so busy and I really want to get and meet him he seems a really nice guy but he said he, he might even just come round because I think he's he's based in London anyway um, yeah. and he's going to sort of get on round and but he wants me to fix my dig dug first ah uh-huh. right I think that's all we got for feedback at the moment. We need some more feedback, people. Talk to us. Tell us about your arcade experiences. Tell us where you've been. Tell us what you've bought lately. It's always interesting. We'd like to hear you. Yeah. So, shout-outs to everyone. Uh, I've got a shout-out here for Dave Lightfoot and also his dad, Dave Lightbulb, on the forums. And they've done me a favour, but I can't tell you what it is. Cause it's to do with that thing i got to send you. <laughs> Right. I wish I could have told everyone. I'll tell you what, you don't listen and I'll tell everyone what it is. Okay, you can do that later, can't you? You I'll I'll probably, I'll edit it in. Edit it in, yeah. But you'll listen to it, you swine. Yeah, I know, yeah. Uh, yeah, I might do that. (laughs) See how it goes. Any for you? Uh, yeah, oh, I'm trying to think. Um, everyone that came last night, actually. Especially yourself, me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, your wife, Tori, for that fantastic super chocolate cake. That I did. That she helped. You did the little bits around the side. Yeah, I did. I did, the, I did the, the, the childish bits of rolling sugar paste. That's all I did. <laughs> My wife, Jan, for organising it all. and uh, all. Sneaky wife, Jan. Yeah. I think we want to know as now from now on. Um, Dave, uh, Gaynor and Linda that, that uh, hosted it. Um Jake, um, Lewis, Amy, Ben, Tony, Mark. I'm going to forget someone here. You shouldn't do these lists, should you? Everyone who was there last night had a great time. Nice people as well. Yeah. Really enjoyed talking. Purity, Ben. Ben. Yeah, Ben. Austin was there as well. Um, we talked about, we talked about screw threads. 
Yeah. <laughs> that was um, not one of my more interesting things I was eavesdropping on, to be honest. No. I'll, no. I'll better tell the listeners what we were talking about. I, I sent him some taps, which are the tool to make screw threads. He was repairing mm. a, um, a baby Pac-Man pinball machine. Yeah, that seems to be kind And it was a weird, well. it was a weird thread he couldn't work out because he's not an engineer. And I sort of, I work with this thing, this kind of things every day at work. So I knew straight away what I was on about. And I bored him to death last night telling him about screw threads. <laughs> <laughs> and I hadn't even had a drink, the poor bloke. <laughs> Sorry about that, Ben. But it's sorted now and he's fixed it. So that's nice. There's a happy ending to that boring story. <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, Andy as well for opening that place. I mean, I really enjoyed it. I mean, mm. my, my wife was really impressed. Well, she said, I love this place. It's really good. We need one yeah. of these in London. Yeah. Yes, we do. Anyone's listening, we need one of these in London. I need to visit down your area. I need to see the Cambridge uh, Computer Museum. I'd love to see that. If you can get down next week, mate, that'd be an ideal time to go. Yeah, well, what am I doing next week? Mm. I think I'm seeing a band somewhere okay. next weekend. And the Heart of Gaming and the Four Quarters, obviously. Yes. I'm going to have to make a journey down and see them all. Yeah, because you can come see me and Alex as well. Mm, I've yeah. got Nintendo Arcade in my slightly battered, not working so much, not as many as I had before arcade. <laughs> <laughs> but I've got ponies. You can have a bang on a pony. Uh, yeah. I, I, oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, we get on to what console stroke computer game should have been in the arcades. Right, me first, me first, me first, me first. I was playing a game called Stinger on the NES. It's a Konami game. Um, it's a horizontal shoot 'em up, and it it reminds me of a slightly less colourful Fantasy Zone by Sega, which is a really yeah. cool shoot 'em up. Really cutesy graphics, simple gameplay. You shoot clouds because it's a horizontal game. You shoot clouds rather like bells and whistles. But that's a vertical shooter. Yeah. And these sort of things, flew, not bells, but they, something flies out of them. And if you keep shooting, they change colour and you get different power-ups and different scores and stuff. And it's a really nice little game. And you've got a pew-pew-pew shot to the side as normal. And then you've got one... What shot, sorry? A pew-pew-pew one. <laughs> yeah. You've heard of a pew-pew-pew one. <laughs> yeah, not like that, but yeah. And, and there's one that you shoot. You shoot a heart upwards for some reason. So you can shoot things directly above you. Yeah. And that's the one you hit the, the clouds with. It's quite a weird little game, but it's quite fun. I might have to put that on my cab, because I've got a NES emulator on my uh, Naomi cab anyway, which I play Nuts and Milk on a lot. Mm. And it's quite good for that. I think I might have to do sort of a uh, a Marla front end for it with just different console games, you know, like, rather yeah. like this section we're doing, with games that I like to play on there. Mm, yeah, it looks good. It's... um. Yeah, a bit different for a, sh a horizontal shooter, isn't it? With the yeah. firing upwards, firing hearts upwards. Yeah. It's it's almost a bit like it's sort of a, a on the side bells and whistles type of thing, but not quite yeah. as good because it was obviously an old NES game and that. But yeah, I think in the arcade they perhaps change, you know, get more different weapons when you get the, the power ups rather than just points for it. They sort of done it quite simple on the NES. I think the side art would be pretty good on it as well because you have to quite cutesy side art, which I always I'm a sucker for any kind of <laughs> yeah. Japanese cutesy side art. Yeah, I think I played, uh, it, I think it was Bells and Whistles in the 90s somewhere where we used to go. Um, is it, was Twinbee another one where you yes. shot, shot the um, power-ups? Yeah, yeah, it's very, it? yeah, I think it was, yeah. So, so yeah I think from the same people as well. Yeah, good games. Um, my one, my game, I'm going to pick Keystone Capers by uh, Activision, a 1983 Activision game on the 2600. Yeah. Um 2600, I always, I always used to call it the VCS. I think when the Atari 5200 came out, yeah. they renamed the VCS, the video computer system, the 2600. Uh, I've always called it both. I think yeah. it was a VCS 2600, I don't know. Mm. Everyone just called them Ataris back yeah, in the day. Yeah. Wooden things under the telly. It was a VCS to me anyway. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, you, you, this little um, uh, cop uh, called Keystone Kelly, and and he's running through a department store trying to catch his bad uh, this uh, robber who's nicking all the stuff. And it's it's a flick screen game. It's it scrolls sort of left and right, and you, you're running along, dodging all the toys that are, that are coming through this department store to catch the robber. Is it set in a knackered town? No, it's a knackered department. Actually, the department store is quite good graphics for you. All right, okay. It's a quite a good department store. Nice. It's got uh, Debenham, surely. <laughs> Bentles. And, and yeah, you're, you're running through anything that you hit reduces your time. So you've got this time limit, and it, uh, when you catch the robber, you get a bonus based on what time you got left. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's very quick, very fast. It, 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 I think it'd sit well in like a like a 1982, 1983 arcade. Yeah. I like it, yeah. I can imagine the side art, you know, being toys and robbers and people hiding and stuff. You've got to sort of think of these things on the side of a cab. Yeah. I think it'd be awesome like that. Yeah, a bit of Lover Boy graphics in the corner. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> right, the one from uh, the listeners is, I don't know if he knows, I've even done this, is one from my mate Aaron Hickman from the Retro Obscura podcast. And he uh, sent a game to me when he was talking on Facebook a little while ago, a game called Blade Lord on the MSX2. And it's amazing the games that are on MSX2. They're really, really cool um, ports. Yeah. It's quite an old computer, but they did some really nice games on there. 8-bit. Uh, yeah, I think it was 8-bit, yeah. This game, Blade Lord, I think it was a later game as well. I think someone released it. They were going to do it in the day and never got around to it. And I think they released it a lot later on. So it was sort of mm. a homebrewish type thing. But um, I downloaded it and played it on the MSX2 emulator, and it's a disc image rather than uh, a cartridge or a cassette image. I only got it to work once. I don't know what's wrong with the emulator. It was late at night. I couldn't be bothered to sort it out. But I actually played it, and it's brilliant. Single-screen yeah. game. And it's sort of like platforms, almost like Sun Sun. You've got like six to eight platforms. You can go up and down, and the screen doesn't scroll. And there's like skeletons, skeletons, demons. <laughs> we love skeletons. And there's there's always little bad things, and it's sort of a medieval type. And you're like a guy in a set of armor and that. And what you do is you throw your sword at them, and it sticks in them, and yeah. they sort of wobble around looking all injured, but they don't die. And when you jump on them to pull your sword out, that's when you kill them. Oh. And you can actually throw it and jump at the same time, and you get the mechanic of doing this, and it works really nicely. And you can do that. You can get the levels quite quickly. It's almost like. Um, Almost like a tumble pot type game, almost like a, a bubble bubble, but yeah, more violent <laughs> with swords and stuff. But yeah, really nice. I can imagine the side out, you know, with swords and you know armor and stuff on the side. It'd be brilliant. Oh, yeah. Real simple game, but nice. Oh. Um, I played Frostbite. You know, the game that was mentioned last time should be in the arcade. Yes, uh, and- one of our friends from America sent us that, didn't he? Yeah, and he sent us a bit. He sent me a big write up on it. Actually, it's really interesting read, and I actually looked on on YouTube. But I haven't played it, and I was playing an Atari 2600 emulator of the night trying to find some games to play for this section and I forgot to look there I, I will go back to that because it looks really good yeah it is it's, it's quite addictive it takes a bit of getting used to um, yeah. I think you, yeah you build up your um, your igloo don't you by um, mm-hmm. jumping on the on the things on the uh, things that's the word things square things flows ice, ice rocks ice rocks <laughs> I forget words grew, grew, grew up in a knackered village put ice rocks in his drink <laughs> <laughs> you're getting so many subtitles it's unreal <laughs> yeah I, I, the funny thing is I played this Atari emulator when I was looking for some games for this segment and uh, I was looking as I mainly do on nearly everything I play I look for the arcade bits yeah. and the funny thing about the Atari 2600 it's really weird it's a bit of an enigma you got some games on Atari 2600, which were ports of other versions in arcade, which were really, really quite good. Yeah. And others, dire. Absolutely dire. I played Sinistar on there. It doesn't look the same game. 
Oh, I think I played. Yeah. I'd look at Donkey Kong, and it's right. It's a joke. Honestly, it was just so bad. It's like, why did they even bother? You know that 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 machine was capable of doing this, this, and this quite well. It wasn't capable of doing that well at all. Just don't bother. Just wait until the fifty two hundred came out, or the you know the Atari eight bit computers. They just honestly, it was it's just awful. That's where shovelware came from. They just shoveled this out and yeah, it's just, just it's to get awful the, just to get the sales yeah they didn't have a lot to work with did they on the vcs I, I oh think god some, yeah. they've pushed it to its limits some of the games it's amazing what they got in there actually you see yeah. some of the games think how the heck did they get all that on there you know it was quite in- intelligent how they did it i think yeah yeah very good anyway let's go and oh let's do it let's do son son let's do game of the week the game of the week Right, this is Sonson. It's Capcom 1984. It's their second game. It says on all of the forums and internet I went on to, it's an eight-way joystick, according to MAME as well. I looked on the MAME write-up for it, and one button. But I think it's a four-way game because you can go up and down the platforms. You can slow down by going left and go fast by going right. If you go diagonal right or left, you don't go up and down the platforms and speed up. You just go up. So mm. I think it's a four-way game. I set yeah. mine to four-way, and I seem to get on with it okay. Yeah, eight-way just doesn't work, I think. Yeah, I've no. tried it. It's a horizontal game on a horizontal-orientated monitor. The button is used to fire from your staff, or muckrake if you're playing player two, Tonton the pig farmer, who's a farmer who is a pig, not a pig farmer. <laughs> He's a pig <laughs> farmer. The game takes elements from a famous Chinese story, Journey to the West, although, strictly speaking, you're travelling from left to right, so you're actually going east. East, Yeah, they they mucked that up. Basically, it's Monkey Magic, isn't it? Yeah. The old TV, 70s, 80s show. Did you like Monkey Magic when you were a kid? Oh, yeah, I used to karate chop the wall. That wasn't wise. When that came on, honestly. (laughs) When the title music came on, I would karate chop the wall. I... You know, he used to have like a little gold band around his head. I made one myself. I used, yeah. to, I used to roam around him with red wellies. I was about six, leave me alone. Yeah. And I used to have a little a little piece of stick from a, um, a, a tree. But it wasn't a magic thing. It didn't fit in my ear either. Uh, I oh, mean, I forgot that bit. He yeah. was just a cheeky monkey, wasn't he? He was a real... Mm. He was a bit of a lunatic, wasn't he? He used to go around eating all the, the, you know, the magic peaches and beating people up and fighting and getting drunk and stuff. He was brilliant. It's worth watching again, I think, now. Yeah, you have to check I've, it out somewhere. I've got some of the DVDs, but there's about 50 of them. It's a very long series. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. Mm. It's really cool. A Pigsy was quite fun as well. And uh, was it Fish? The guy who lived in the sea was a sea Sa- demon. San- Sandy. Sandy. Yeah. They called him Fish for some reason. He had like <laughs> skeletons around his neck. He was brilliant. He was a goth. <laughs> <laughs> so the game, it's, um, well, what do you call it? A scrolling shooter with fruit? Yeah, that, that's pretty good. <laughs> a fruity shooter? Yeah. Yeah, well, that's, that'll be the name for these cute games now. Fruity shooters. Yeah. Fruity shooter. <laughs> it's, um, yeah, it's a horizontal shooter, but with platforms in, really. There's not a lot like it, is there, really? No, it's a bit... It's quite unique, and I think a lot of the early um, Capcom games are like that, actually. They've got yeah. quite a uniqueness to them. I like. I like their early games. Yeah, so it was really the first early. Capcom game that they released in America, which I find a bit yes. strange, because it's a very Japanese game, really, isn't it? Well, yeah, it's very Japanese. There is a Japanese ROM version of it as well. Which yeah. you put your, I think the only difference is you put your name in Japanese and kanji rather than, yeah. than uh, you know... Romaji. Yeah, it's it's a Chinese story and it's a very Japanese-ish game, if you know what I mean. I mean, bamboo flies up out the floor and all these yeah. sort of peaches and sort of very Japanese-type themes to it. Bamboo? Yeah. It's not brown onions, then? 
They look like brown onions, don't I, they? I thought it was brown onions. The things, brown onions? <laughs> it's the things that, as you go along, things pop out the ground and they give you bonuses when you, when you yeah. walk over a certain part of the screen at a certain time. Anyway, let me just explain, because people don't know what the hell we're on about at the moment. They've probably not played Sonson before, but it's a great game. Please play it. You, at the very start, you're shown a little, really cute cutscene where you're walking along with your, it's you and your mate, the pig guy, who's player two if you play two players at the same time. And there's three of your mates. And this guy comes down, an evil looking bloke in a, in a cloud, and he grabs your three mates and carries them off. And the guy on the right hand side has got the googliest eyes I've ever seen in a game. It's brilliant. Yeah. I hate it when people carry your mates off. It's oh, just, I do on a cloud. It's yeah. so annoying. I've had that so many times. Other week. Yeah. Yeah, it's pain. Walking down the street. I presume at the end of the game you get your chums back. It's basically a journey to the east, but to the west. That's the idea of it. And if you looked on on YouTube, you'll see the ending. You do there is an end to the game, and then it loops back. Um, but you run from left to right, and there's six platforms you can go up and down. You can jump up and down with your joystick, and right to go quicker and travel along the platforms, and go left to slow down and go to the back of them. Basically, shoot everything that moves. Anything that moves is going to kill you, apart from the frog guy, which we still don't know what he does. He's a mystery. No, he just looks good. He just runs from... Yeah, he's Mr. Run. Frog in this nice dapper suit that he runs off. Yes. Don't know what he does. He just runs past you. You can't shoot him. You can't touch him. No one else can shoot him. He just runs past you. I've got a feeling that must be something to do with the actual story. Yeah. It's a very famous Chinese story, so I'm going to have to look into that on Wiki or something. So you basically shoot everything. Uh, there's these like, statue guys who normally sort of run at you, and they sort of come down to you to try and get you. Uh, there's cavemen with spears, and you get fish. Bloody bats! Bloody bees! <laughs> bats. Oh, I hate bloody bats and bees in games. Yeah, they've got the, the worst. There's bats... There's bees and there's flipping like horsefly wasp things that try and get you as well. The three main idiots in games try to get you. Dragonflies, yeah. Yeah, horrible things. I don't like them in, in real life. I was, no. I was chased by one once. You can ask my wife. They're not my favourite. One, 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 one wasp chased you. One dragonfly. It was, it was like as, as big as a, a Ford Focus. It was massive. <laughs> and eyes like dinner plates. Yeah, I had to, um, we were, we were in like this little, uh, some ornate garden and there was a maze where you could walk around and this dragonfly sort of started chasing me and I let the maze to get out it said Sean Holly in your face <laughs> that maze is nine foot high and he's just leaped it <laughs> leapt it in a single bound <laughs> anyway back to the game you oh yeah sorry, you collect God. fruits for little bonuses ranging from like 10 to 100 points just like uh, bits of peaches and eggs and stuff like that and sausages and things I don't know and uh, you get the bigger, the bigger fruits are worth a lot more money. They're usually a thousand, in, in a variance of a thousand, thousand, two thousand, five thousand. Yeah, they scale up, don't they? And as we said about the bamboo, apparently it's bamboo. I read it. I didn't know that. Oh, These right. brown sort of rocket things grow out of the ground, just out of thin air. And I think the idea is bamboo grows very quickly, grows yeah, an inch a day. Yeah. That's the idea. It comes out quickly. And I found, I showed you earlier on your computer, on the very first screen, as you walked directly to the right on the middle level where you start, if you go under one of the fruits, I think it's an apple or something, and you wait there just a second, it grows up underneath you. And if you stand over it and get it, you get two and a half thousand points rather than a thousand. So I think if you stand over it as it grows, you get more points for it, but you've got to know where they are. And it's difficult remembering where they all are. It's loads oh, yeah, of I didn't know that. They sort of pop up, not randomly. If you know where the points are, they pop up. And there's a little level where there's three in a row, and you get like 3,000 for it straight away. So it's mm. quite, there's loads of secrets in this game. Rather yeah. like Higamaru and Volgus, which are their, yeah. their other games, you know, at the same time as this. There's little secrets if you know where to get for points and stuff. Yeah. If you kill an entire team of bad guys, because the, the main guys who try to kill you come in sixes, one on each level. And I think the things that fly out of the, out of the water and out of the sky are in fours. Fours or fives, yeah. And if you kill them all, you get like a 500 or a 1,000 point bonus at the very end, which yeah. is just like Volgus. 
Mm. When you kill the squads of six in Volgus, you get a big bonus for that, which is another game we've got to get to, I think. Yes. The game's constantly scrolling. It always moves from, from left to right, but it does stop every now and again when there's uh, like a little sort of mid-level, like a mid-boss level. Yeah, like and a tower kind of thing. It is, it? Yeah, yeah. You've got like six doorways, and there's these guys chucking purple bombs at you, and there's like a skeleton skull on the door. And you've got to just break through the door and kill the guy off. But there's these horrible wasps trying to get you. It's quite simple on the first one. Even the second one's not too bad. And uh, you get through there and then it keeps going. But at, at that bit, the three, you know the big guy at the start who nicks all your mates? Three of his mates turn up on the clouds yeah. and they're massive. And you kill them for a couple of thousand points each. But it's not too difficult. It's quite easy getting those guys. And they turn up a few times during the game when you least expect it. And they, they try and get you. They just rush at you and they're lobbing these big axes at you and stuff. That's one of the things with this game. You, you have to really hit the fire button, don't you? Yes, you have to it's go mad constantly on it. battering the fire button. There's these spinning um, uh, skull things, yes, uh, skull shields or whatever, and you, I think you've got to hit them five times to kill them, yeah. and you get five hundred points for every one. So obviously, when they turn up, you just you know you're, you're really battering, going, for, yeah. And and the and you can't walk into them; they're sort of in your way. You've got to shoot them to get them out of the way to continue. Yeah. And uh, you can just shoot loads of them for loads of points, actually. And that, those skulls, those particular graphics, they turn up in a few uh, early Capcom games because yeah, they're yeah. in, um, they fly around the outside of the screen in Higamaru. I think they're in Volgus as well, on a level in Volgus later on. Oh, right. There's a level where you, you travel through space and they just sort of turn up and fly at you. Yeah, I was, I was, um, I played it so much that I changed my, uh, on the X arcade, I changed the joystick setting, the fire button. To a different fire button, so I didn't yeah. wear it out. I was pl- <laughs> been playing it that much, yeah. Yeah, the, the big guys they take a lot of shooting. You just got to really hammer them, haven't you? Yeah, you, you've got to shoot them quick and fast, and then get out of the way. Because yeah. we were playing Star Force last night, which we we really got into again. I have to have that game. I have to have it. Yeah, and that is a, a button mangler. You just got to keep pressing that button. I know. Rather like riding two, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. God, I wore my arm out playing that game. <laughs> Yeah, so that's basically the game. Travel left to right, kill everything, get to the very end. And I know for a fact at the end there's a big Buddha and he's holding up, I think, is it a book? A scroll or A scroll, yeah, yeah. And you get that and that's the game over. You get 30,000 points in the end and that's the game over. And then you just loop back to the start. That sounds easy, but it isn't. <laughs> Believe me. There is a, a, The thing with this game, it's quite an early game, 84. But at one point, you can have like 12 guys. If you don't shoot any of the guys that are coming at you, and at one point, the stone guys and then the cavemen guys come together, and you can have four things flying out of the sea. So you've got like 16 things moving on the screen at the same time all trying to get you. So it's quite a complex game, really. There's a lot of stuff going on. If you if you let yeah. it, if you don't shoot stuff quick, it comes up. Yeah, it's like all shooters. you got to kill them as quick as you can. Absolutely. And then, uh, you know, get ready for the next sort of wave that attacks you. Yeah. And with this game as well, it's a bit of memory muscle because you, um, if you know where things are coming, you can sort of get in the way quick and shoot them off quickly yeah. and then wait for the next bit. But there's a lot of memory muscle because there's actually little milestones on the, on the stones, isn't there? It goes yeah. from, I think, 20 down to one. Yeah. I can't remember how far I've got, but it's quite, it's quite a few screens for each milestone. So you know where you are and you sort of know what's coming at certain milestones. I do like it, but because it annoyed me that much, there's a certain point on it. And I think you found that as well. Yeah. <laughs> when you get killed on this game, you come back on a little cloud like monkey. Yes. And you're invincible. You are basically. And if you keep shooting, you'll be invincible and you can just shoot things and they can't hurt you. As soon as you touch that joystick, you're off the cloud and you're vulnerable. Yeah. And what I was doing, if you were going right as you died and you held your finger or your, your hand on right as you died and you came on, you're immediately not yeah. invincible. So yeah. you get killed again, again and again, and you're dead within like two seconds. You're like, nah! 
<laughs> I know. I know. It's just, I think you found exactly the same. We, lots of swears. Lots of swears going on. Yes. I mean, at one point, I had to go out of the room. I was so annoyed. <laughs> I mean, I got really annoyed. So, that bloody Sean Ollie, I bet he's got 300,000. <laughs> uh, talking of scores, uh, before we get on to our score, I've been oh, speaking. It's embarrassing. I've been speaking to Dave Hamilton, the uh, Tronads. Yes. Who's the main world record holder on it, 700 and something thousand. Oh, that's a good score. In the week, he got. Um, almost a million. <gasps> he should send that in. That's that's be a record holder, wouldn't um, it? Yeah. And um, he sent me an IMP file, which is like the the file that Main records. It the records movie file, yeah. Records all your key presses. It's that one. Oh yeah, yeah, okay. And um, I loaded it into my Main, so I just saw how he played it. And you do know, you make it look easy? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, I'll do that. Yeah. No. <laughs> it's another level. It's. I think. I think the one he sent me sort of just just knocked up a six hundred and thirty thousand. Oh, just a quick score. Just a quick one, just for you to have a look. Did he at have it. amphetamines? In his tea. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but he said that. he got the world record playing on a keyboard. A keyboard. Keyboard warrior. And, and then he said, Oh, I'm playing better now because I've got a joystick. But, oh my God, what scores are you going to get? He's just like our Davo. Yeah. He's a keyboard warrior. You sort of play a game and he'll, he'll send me a text saying, Oh, I've just got this score. And then the next one will be on a keyboard. Like, mm, just behave, go away. <laughs> and we usually disqualify him because he's been playing on keyboard. He's not allowed. We, yeah, we have a generation of uh, kids now that play keyboard through, you know, like Steam and that. Oh, yeah. yeah My son last night was playing uh, Robotron. Oh, yeah. Twitch game. Yeah, because he's, uh, he's got a, a similar game that he's playing now called The Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Okay. Which is basically Robotron with like this weird scenario over the top and power-ups and stuff. Okay. Is it a 2D game? Yeah. Oh, nice. Like, I might have to get I've got Steam at home. I might have to get Old that. school cartoon graphics, yeah. Ooh, that's interesting. Um, he's playing Robotron. He says, if I could do better with keyboard, Dad. I was like, oh, really? He could, what? So we're talking like eight keys at a time? Yeah. Plus a f- oh, my Lord. What's but, wrong with these kids? I know. Some weird multidextrous or something. The WASD kids, yeah, Ooh. on the keyboard, yeah. I could spell out better words than that for them. <laughs> so did you notice any secrets in this game? There is quite a few. Secrets. Um, well, there's one at the start, as I said, where as you go over the first bamboo, you get yeah. two and a half thousand for it. And then if you know where some of the bamboos are, you can get different points. See, I never remembered them. where they were. I just sort of picked them up by accident. I, I remember where the attacks were coming. Yeah. I think that's where I got all my points was getting all the guys. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, getting the bonuses, the squads at the end. And Rather remember- like Time Pilot. When you kill the squads, you get a big bonus for that. Yeah. Yeah. And the, um, the little power up that comes, it looks like it's kind of on a wooden board. Yes. Um, if you, you get. get- Get that at the right moment. Uh-huh. Then you can get like six Oh, the cow. Cows. Yes, sorry. Yeah. I thought you meant some of the free- Yeah, if, if, normally there's, there's a POW, which is another Capcom thing. They had that yeah. in, in all sorts of their games. And if you if you wait for the baddies to come on screen, all the baddies on screen, where there's one or 12 of them, you hit this POW and they all turn into fruit, the big fruit. So they're worth yeah. a thousand each. And you can get like, you can get like 6,000 points in one hit just yeah. by getting all these guys and getting all, you know, picking them all up. As the screen goes by. It doesn't happen very often through the game, but you can do it two or three. Well, I found you can do it two or three times. You can get, like, you know, maximum points from them. Yeah. POW uh, uh, collects. And if there's nothing on the screen at the time, you just wasted. You use it and you waste it. So yeah. you've got to sort of wait until they all come on screen. Yeah. I, I asked before, we don't know what the frog guy does. If anyone knows what the relevance of the froggy guy in the yellow suit wearing in Bast, he always reminded me of Toad of Toad Hawk because he had, like, a really smart <laughs> suit on. Yeah. Uh, if anyone knows about the story... You know, uh, journey to the west. Who knows who the frog guy is? Tell us. We really want to know. Why <laughs> it's bugging me? What he does? He just runs past, 
you can't shoot him, you can't touch him, you don't get a bonus for him, you can't defend him. He just walks past and that's it. He's just like, hello, I'm here, bye. <laughs> Who are you, you idiot? The, the story is, um, I think it's some monk that's got to do some trials to reach Buddha. Yeah. And and he does all the trials and then he has to journey back, I think. Oh. So maybe if there's a, like a Sun Sun Rewind... You've read the thousand page Chinese novel in Chinese then. You uh, learnt Mandarin yeah, for this. Yeah, I read, well the, done, I read the two line Wikipedia description. Ah, know. in yeah. English. Yeah. <laughs> Brilliant. Some bloke shoot stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah. So what do you reckon about um the graphics and sound on this game? I like the graphics. So um, do I. So do I. I was thinking after playing Rygo, all these beautiful backgrounds, I started playing it thinking, oh, it could do with a nice background, but it would just clutter up the gameplay. Yeah, it's there's a, a lot going on. Yeah, it? it's just a black background with your um, with your platforms. The, the platforms, platforms do change, don't yeah. they? They change to like, like brick roads and stuff like that yeah. in little bits. Yeah, I do like it. Yeah, I really like that style because, I, as you know, from I think the second podcast we ever did, Pirate Ship Higamaru was their third game, the one after this. Yeah. And I love Volgus, their first game. And, yeah, this, and they've all got similar... Really cutesy, colourful graphical styles, and I like. I even like the the Capcom font. You know, it's just all the all the yeah. things you sort of you look at it and go, "That's a Capcom game." It's like when you look at a Williams game, you go, "That's a Williams game." That's a Namco game. That's a Taito yeah, game. The fonts. You yeah. just know straight away that that is a Capcom game, and I really like the early Capcom games. Ever. Atari had a distinctive font as well. They didn't did, they? Yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they're, they're really, really colourful. I think they were drawn well, and they're really smooth. The animate. I really like the animation. It's simple but really good. Quite cute. Especially the googly eyes at the start. They really, I really tickled me that bit. Yeah. I like that sort of thing. Uh, the tunes in it are quite nice as well, aren't they? I was humming the tune even when I was annoyed and didn't want to get us out of my head. And the tunes, they're actually done by um, a composer, a female composer called Tameo Kawamoto, who made other Capcom 80s music. But she actually works at Taito now. And right. she's a member of Zuntata which is the Taito house band. I never actually really see these. They're quite popular, apparently. All oh, right. So I might have to get one of those. I do like game music. I, I could quite happily listen to game music at work, you know? I think I could, yeah. I've been, uh, like I say, getting into it this week and last week. Yeah. Some some of the, like, 90s games, as you are saying about, um, you know, like Raiden music and that sort of era, and even the later games. I mean, like, Geometry Wars soundtrack is absolutely brilliant. It's yeah. really, really oh, good. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to have to try and get it on CD or something and put it on an MP3. That's the good parts of the game. What were the bad parts for you? Because there's a few that annoyed me a bit. Obviously, that went, yeah, the dying at the start. Yes, that um, was really annoying. Yeah. Because I didn't realise for ages, because when I read a, a write-up of it somewhere, it was saying, no, you're invincible at the start. I said, no, you're not. You're not invincible. You bloody die all the time. I keep getting killed. And I, when I was just pressing fire, I let go of the joystick and went, ah, that's a bit naughty. They should let you freely roam around for, say, two seconds while you're invincible, then, you know, make you flash and then you're not invincible. That would be better, I think, if they do it. They do it in a lot of games. Yeah, it is, I think it, it does have its advantages because you can stay invincible for maybe 10 seconds. Yeah, it's quite a while if you don't move that joystick and just keep shooting stuff and in the middle. And you can still shoot, yeah. So if you, if, you, if you got killed and the screen's full of bad guys coming backwards and forwards at you, you can get rid of a few of them. It's like a sort of, you know, free killing spree. Yeah, you can compose yourself for the next onslaught yeah, of yeah. bats. Yeah, so it's just us then, really, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> it's not the game, it's us. <laughs> There's not a lot I would change, actually. The no, music is repetitive. I did find it repetitive. It is, yeah, but it's an early game. We'll allow I've, I did actually turn the music off in the end. <gasps> That's a sacrilege. You I can't know, do play, that. Playing a game with no music. That's a sacrilege. I, I do that do quite that. often now. You're weird. I, I listen to a podcast while I'm playing the games. Oh, I can't do that. Yeah. Get annoyed. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, there's not a lot. I think the game, it it seems simple, 
you watch it on YouTube and go, oh, a piece of pie, I can do that. I can, can probably complete this. You go and play it. No, not the case. It is very busy, isn't it? Yeah. And it, it seems to be fish jump out of the water. They're down below because they're obviously jumping out of the water, which is at the below. But then when the horrible bats, so they fly in an arc, don't they? It's sort of like a sine wave. Yeah. And they come, they come on different levels and they usually cover three platforms. So if you're in any one of those platforms, they can hit you. You can, you know, you can walk when uh, above or below them and miss them, but you can't really get out of the way. If you're on them three platforms, you can't get out of the way of them, but you can completely miss them. It can go over or under you, but you need to know where to be when they come on screen. Because if you get that, you, you can't really get down quick enough or up quick enough to get out of their way. Yeah. So they do get you and it's, it's good how they get you. The, the game is obviously planned to grab you 10 P's and it does kill you a lot. I found. Yeah, you can you can dodge in between the bats. You can sort yes, of you can. They, you can stay on the same platform and, and sort of slightly move left and right. Yeah, and then shoot them. But it, it sounds easy. But when there's other guys trying to shoot you and chuck spears at you, and you're trying to find the the uh, bonuses and stuff, it's more difficult than you think. Did you notice when the um, the cavemen they run in from the right and then they drop down to get you? Yeah, uh, I've noticed that when they get to the last third of the screen, they drop down. All right, so okay. you can run past them, turn around and shoot them, and yeah. also the the um, white uh, stone guys, golem guys. Yeah. yeah, they drop down as they they reach halfway on the screen. Oh, I think okay. it's as the first guy reaches halfway, he'll drop down. Yeah, so okay. you can hang back and shoot them, and then you can run forward and shoot the other cave guys. I also noticed when I was playing it, if you rush to the right at the start, which I do when I play it, to kill them off, and you move. Instead of being one guy on each platform, you sometimes get three guys on the same platform. And it's really easy to just shoot them quick because they're on the same platform. And another thing, I, I, t- I sent you a, a Facebook message. Um, I was playing it on its main version. I was playing on my arcade cap, and I was annoyed. I, I pressed the you know the start button real quick to play again. And at the very very start of the game, I got the three big bad guys come at me straight away. I was like, that doesn't happen normally. They're normally you know sort of halfway through the game. And I shot him, you get loads of bonus points. Well, that's weird. And I never managed to do it again. I think that might be a weird glitch because I, I found, yeah. um, the, the skull shields that move towards you, instead of just standing stationary on the platform as it scrolls, mm-hmm. they move towards you on the later levels. And I got that right at the beginning of the game once. I thinking, what's going on? I here? think it's a glitch. I think, I think it, 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 where you were before and when you press the start button again, it thinks you were still there and it puts those guys, you know, the enemies back on. I think if you mm. must, you must start the game quickly after dying. It could do, yeah. It could so, do say you don't get your name in and you just hit the button yeah. quick. Yeah, it must be doing, it must be a glitch. So we, we've, yeah, found a glitch, I suppose. So the cabinet art, um, wasn't really any, was there? No. Cause these early, early Capcom games were only released as kits. Pirate Ship Higamaru was a kit, Volgus was a kit, and so's this. Sun, sun, yeah. So I'm not sure when they started producing proper games. I know Commando's got its own cab. Yeah. And that's a really nice game. And 1942, don't think that had a real cab either. I know loads of people made their own yeah, I dedicated cabs for it, but I don't think I've ever seen one. They had the marquee, I think they had a bit of side art and a control panel, like a normal kit, but I've never seen a full on machine before. Mm, that's one I would like, I think. Yeah, I know you would. <laughs> and according to Clove, only five of their members have the PCB of this game, so it's quite rare. It ranks two out of 100, where 100 is purple, unicorn, sparkly, glitter poo. <laughs> that rare. is rare. It's that very rare. rare. Uh, on American eBay, there's a PCB of this game, if you fancy putting it in your uh, little arcade machine. A snip at $450. $450, God. Yeah. That's 200 and something pounds. 
Yeah. For a rare game, that's not too bad, really. But really? it's not really a sought after one, I don't think. No. But the same guy on there, he's a bit of a, a bit of a chancer, I think. He was selling Pirate Ship Big Maru, and that is a game I would die for. Yeah. But not $650 die for. That is a lot. That's a it? lot of money. Yeah. And do you know there was a sequel to Son Son? Yes. I mean, yeah. Uh, Did you play it? Did you look at it? I looked at it. Only um, on PC Engine, apparently. Right, not on NES. I, might, I didn't see it on NES. I, I just saw it on PC Engine. Yeah, I could have my information wrong there. Yeah. Um, I saw something on YouTube anyway. That looked a fairly faithful conversion by the look of it. Oh, no. No? No, Sonson 2, the one I was looking at, is, is basically a platform shooter, but you go left and right. It's not just all the way to oh, the right. Oh, sorry. I thought he was talking about the original. Yeah. No, no. This is Sonson 2. It's a really nice looking game. It's on the PC Engine, so it's obviously a quality game, because PC Engine games are usually really, really good. And it's a scrolling platform. It, it looks rather like Bonk's Adventure. We played that on the PC Engine. No, uh, actually, yeah, I think I have. It's a great little game. Yeah. It's really nice. And you can fire at stuff with your staff and you can buy bigger. And what, same as like the old, uh, Wonder Boy games. And when yeah. you find these certain ladies, you go into their shop, you, you sort of, you rescue them, you go and they, they sell you power ups and, you know, health and all this and spells and stuff. And it's, it's quite a nice little game. I'm after, I'll try it on my PC Engine because I've got an EverDrive for my PC Engine. I'll play it on there. Quite a good little game. Uh, there, um, he, he also features the character Sunson also features in a shop in uh, Street Fighter Alpha. Oh right, okay. Um, I need to play that. I need to look out for these guys now. I uh, know. Sorry, uh, the feature a shop called Sunson in Street oh, okay. Fighter Alpha, and he is a playable character in uh, a couple of the fighters: Capcom versus SNK Millennium Fight 2000. Yeah, he's a playable character in that. Is that the one on Naomi Hardware? Is that SNK versus Capcom Two? Because um, I've got both know. of these games. I've got that on Naomi, because I've got, obviously, all the Naomi games. And it's also on the first SNK versus Capcom. Is um, It's a Neo Geo game, but I've got it on a PCB of it. Right. And I've actually got that. I want to plug that into a machine, have a quick look for Sunson. I like I like seeing little characters you're not supposed to see everywhere. It's quite good when they do that with games. It's also in Marvel versus Capcom 2 as well, which you did have a look at. Looks nothing like Sunson. You know, they've, they've uh, oh, yeah. animated him up. Yeah. That is the game I've got on Naomi 2. That's the one I know now because I've played it. It's a mad game. That was a crazy fighter. Yeah, yeah. So it came out on loads of different uh, machines, didn't it? You got it on the NES. Obviously, the NES versions were pretty good at these old uh, games. Yeah. Uh, PC Engine. Oh, I think Capcom, Capcom Classics released a lot of these old games on, on their their versions, didn't they? Yeah, on PS2 and PS Portable, yeah. I expect you can download it on the virtual consoles and mm-hmm. the Sony... Blah, 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 downloady thingy, whatever it's called. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, in the US, uh, Romstar released it. Romstar did a lot of importing, I think, and, and releasing and, and distribution. I don't think they ever did any of their own games, did they? No. Right, scoring. Yeah. Uh, you get 10 to 100 points for the fruit that's scattered around the levels, and you get 1,000 to 10,000 points for some of the later bits, of the large yeah. fruits. As you go through this game, the further you get, the bigger points. What are points, mate? Uh, fruit. They do. They make fruit. And uh, you get you get bigger points for the you know when you kill the end of the baddies off as well. But the the like the fried eggs and you know the big carrots and the bits and all you get like a lot of points for those later on up to ten thousand. And when you actually do the game and you get the scroll, you get thirty thousand points plus I think a ten thousand point bonus. I only know this because I YouTubed it. I, I saw it on uh, an INP file that that, that, that you that, didn't do, you liar. <laughs> I didn't I didn't no. get there, but I saw I actually saw the INP file of Dave. Yeah, yeah. But did Dave get the Twin Galaxies world record, the arcade one? Because it's 3,104,200. No. no, he's the main one, though. It's a guy called Jeff Peters back in 1986. So it's an old an old uh, world record. 
And only the second recorded score is only 342,390, and that's from 85. So if if we can get a version of the arcade, we can get him in there. I'm not far off that, 342. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. Yeah. So what was your score exactly? My score exactly was 308,350. Oh, yeah. Mine was 119,640. In your face. And I thought that was quite good. Oh, no, 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 no. In your face, it's modern. Oh, shut up. <laughs> Um, face <laughs> in, your in your face um, I uh, my my high score on my Nomi cab when I went back to it because I've been playing on it for ages it was only 87,000 it took me a long time to beat that and I actually beat that on the PC with a with a joystick I got in front of the PC when I was just playing it one night I think I might I said it's one of those games that's put me off it now because I've played it to death now and I think right. I can't get any better but I was getting slightly better at it I think this game you've got to, just got to calm down and chill Yes, exactly. If you exactly. get too mad on it, you tend to die quickly. Yeah. So you've got to be a bit careful with it. But yeah, I, th- I might go back to it just to beat your flipping score, actually. Well, I was improving on it um, all the time. I think I was inspired by uh, Dave. I just sort of crept up from, say, 200, 240, 260, 280. Yeah. And I got to 300, 308, and I think I can still beat that. Um, you must have been about halfway through the, the game then, I think. Because I think when you get to about five, 600,000, you're at the end of the game. Yeah, I got to, yeah. I think it was the, the milestones that go past. I think it was number eight. Oh, no, I, I did I did that because that's another right. tower. I did that third tower. Yeah. I think I must have got to seven then before I got killed. Oh, that's pretty good. Because yeah. it starts from 20, doesn't it? So yeah. you're, you're two-thirds through the game there. Well done. Right, this game was designed by a genius, in my opinion. Well, from the games they've done, I could agree with you there. Go on. Yeah, Yoshiki Okamoto is mm-hmm. his name. Um, I've just been uh, doing a bit of research on him, and um, I found a very old interview on the, on the Wayback Machine from sort of 1997, which he talks about um, how he started. Okay, can I put that as a note on the show notes? Yeah. Excellent. So we'll yeah, I'll, uh, read it. I'll find that again somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, he started off as a graphic artist in Konami in 82, and um, he started yeah. off doing posters for him, and then he moved up to game characters, and eventually, as we know, games. Yeah. Um, they asked him to do a driving game, um, and he didn't want to do one like a stubborn guy. He wanted to do a, a, a flying shooting game. Yeah. And he came up with something called Time Pilot. Have you heard of that? Oh, yes. Quite We've heard good, of Time Pilot. I understand it's quite a good game. Oh, yeah. But all the while he was making this game, he was still telling his boss that he was doing a driving game. Oh, the cheeky bugger. Yeah, I know. Um, but uh, they released it, and after after its obvious success, his boss... Um, he overheard his boss talking to the president of Konami saying it was his idea. So this boss <gasps> is saying, no, it's time pilot, it's my idea. What a monkey. And then so Akimoto being Japanese, he decided not to disgrace his boss oh. and, 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 and agreed with him. Yes, it was my boss's idea. But he was notably um, upset. I bet he was. So the next game they said, right, you can do anything you want. Uh, to, to yeah. Okamoto. You can do what you like, mate. Time yeah. Pilot's awesome. Just make another one of them, please. Yeah. And he made Gyrus in 83. Oh, whoa. And it was another another big success. Obviously, the arcade was sort of uh, waning off at that time a little bit. Yeah. And he, he, he received a small raise for it. These are the words that are on this yeah, interview. It's, it's mad how the Japanese treat their workers. But God. And he said he'd asked for, asked for more money or he would leave. So mm. he went into work the next morning and they fired him. <laughs> Got rid true, of true Japanese business style get out Akimoto you complete success yeah how dare you how so, dare you make us all these millions of pounds yeah so the next yeah. off he went to Capcom good it was a very small company um, at the time mm. and the president sort of said we're going to be massive you know join us 
So um, odd that yeah. they were. Yeah. <laughs> he, was, he was telling the truth. So he helped. He helped. I think he was a sort of a, a co-designer on Volgus. Oh, nice. Well, that's what he says. That Mame says no, but it's it's well, one of these things Mame. way back in the mists of time. Yeah, it? yeah, early eighties. His next game was the one we're playing, Sun Sun, which mm-hmm. is, which is I, I really like. I think it's a very good game. Yeah, well designed, I think. And uh, also, I think he had something to do with Hijimaru. Oh, um, brilliant. He's my hero. I love that game. A, couple, a couple of sites. Mame Info says an internet internet movie database, which does have a lot of arcade information, actually. Oh, does it really? Yeah. IMDb? Yeah. I use that a lot for films. I'm really into film. And if, if I want to say, oh, who's that character? What they've been in? I've seen them in before. Always go to IMDb. I do. As we're watching I did not the, know that. As we're watching the film, I do that, which upsets my wife. Yeah, yeah. Pause it, pause it. My, my wife does it, actually. When uh, What's she been in? Pause it. Yeah, um, and then the next uh, one—I don't think he's ever uh, eclipsed this game. It's called 1942. 1942. <laughs> it is the best game ever. It is, in your opinion, yeah, it's a very it good game. Fact. Do you know what the funny thing is? 1942 is brilliant. But when we were playing uh, at the arcade last night, we were playing uh, Star, Star Force, Force, and right next door to it was 1943. Three, yeah. Nobody touched it. It's rubbish. Andy, get it out. Get 1942 back in there. I, I can't. Yeah, I can't get the hang of I it. I don't like 1943 at all. I don't like the idea that you've got that that um the pro, the the sort of life bar. Yeah. And when you get down to low, it beeps at you constantly. That really annoys me. I just cannot stand 1943. 1941 is a good game. Yeah. And 1944 is a good game. And 1943 rubbish. Don't Four, like it. At 43 all. has one uh, an annoying power up that I don't like, and I always seem to get it. You have to shoot the power-ups, don't you, to select which Yeah, you change them for yeah, different things. And yeah. I always seem to get the wrong one, and then it puts yeah, me off. I don't like 1943. I think 1942 is a purer game. It's pure shoot-em-ups, like Volgus and, and Star Force. It's just one... Well, I think it's two buttons on it, but one button for shoot, no real power-ups as such, just a bit yeah. more firepower. Firepower. <laughs> yeah, so he did 1942 as well. Yeah. Oh, he must be a hero of yours then. Oh, these yeah. Games. Brilliant. Designer, yeah. Uh, yeah, then we're moving on 85 to 86. He, he sort of, uh, changed his roles sort of between designer and producer. He Thank did sidearms. He did 1943 actually. He did that. He had a big part in that. I'd sack him for that. And Gunsmoke. Oh, well, I'm back. Yeah. We yeah, just but... sacked him for 43. I'm <laughs> back for Gunsmoke. Gunsmoke's a brilliant game. That, Did he have anything to do with Commando then? Because they're very similar games. Uh, no, there was another guy called Kihaji. Uh, no, that wasn't him. Uh, Takuru Fujiwara. Oh, right, okay. Who, who was um, on the Capcom team. And he was having more success, I think, at the time, which... Yeah. Uh, uh, oh, he did Ghosts and Goblins as well. Ah. Yeah, and Commando, which were bigger, obviously bigger hits than Gunsmoke and Sidearms and stuff. I like Gunsmoke better. I like, not, I like the Wild West theme. It's brilliant. I'm not so keen on Sidearms. It's one of them where you can... You need is that when you need the special control? You need the spinner, or is that Forgotten Worlds? I'm thinking of that's Forgotten Worlds. I get yeah. confused though. I don't side like arms, side you arms can, much. You can shoot left and right like Death Smiles. Okay, I think I played it on the eight bits. Never liked it. But you pick up that there's the speed ups that you pick up, and they're ridiculously fast. You can't control the guy. Ah, that's like um, Gradius. When you get yeah. too many speed ups, it's just stupid. You need to I think get three max and don't get the fourth one because you're just too quick. And you can't control yourself. I can't control myself a lot of the time, but especially on <laughs> radius. Yeah, yeah, he did uh, Forgotten Worlds in '88, which he, which is him sort of getting back on track. And then his next big one um, was Final Fight in 1990. Oh yeah, brilliant! Yeah, apparently that uh, he saw Double Dragon Two, and he said, oh, "I can do better than that." I can, yeah. You know, and can, he could. Double Dragon Two's rubbish. Better graphics, you know, better gameplay. I never liked Double Dragon. So um, they I re- like Final Fight. <laughs> yeah, I do. 
I don't think I've played Double Dragon 2, or not for a long, long time anyway. Yeah, it's yeah. a bit better than Double Dragon 1, but it's not brilliant. Yeah. He's, he's had a really long and varied career, hasn't he? He has. He Final has. Fight was, you know, a big... I mean, even today, that's still quite a sought-after PCB. Everyone's after the original of Final Fight. Yeah, apparently he took it to a Japan uh, trade show and uh, Capcom uh, marketing team called it Street Fighter 2 because of the success in Japan oh, yeah. of the original Street Fighter. Um, I don't think it was much of a success in no, uh, it was North America and over it. No. But um, it was in Japan, so they called it Street Fighter 2, and the, like, the punters at the arcade show were saying, this is nothing like Street Fighter. No, it isn't. So they changed it back to Final Fight. Mm-hmm. And he did actually work on Street Fighter 2 in 1991. Oh, my God. Um, by this time, he's getting a pretty big team. You know, he's, he's, uh, in- they trust him now, don't they? <laughs> yeah. Um, apparently, it took 10 months, and there were four people uh, working on each Street Fighter character. Wow. Uh, all he kept, he just kept, um, Ry- is it Ryu? Ryu. Ryu. And Ken, he just kept them two from the Street Fighter game, which he never had anything to do with. I think they should call him Dave and Ken. <laughs> yeah, Dave uh-huh. and Ken. And, um, yeah, he just uh, he had three people on animation and one on special moves on each character. So that's how big his team was. Yeah. It must have been uh, like 91 was a big team. Yeah. And then after that, he became executive producer of Capcom. So everything after that has got his name on. Yeah. Produced by, produced by, you know. Absolutely. Some of them, some of the good ones, Varth. Uh, oh, great game. Street Fighter Alpha. Yep. Uh, third Strike. The best Street Fighter, everyone knows this. <laughs> that was there last night. I know, I had a go. There was no sound at though. But I had a go against my wife and kicked her ass. <laughs> How did you do on the game though? I still kicked her ass. All right. Um, Marvel versus Capcom. Yep. Uh, Capcom versus SNK. You can tell, can't you? These games are very similar, these ones. Yeah. Um, and he's he's been a director on a couple of the games that have been played on the podcast. Um, oh, yeah. Buster Brothers, which is Pang. Yep. And Three Wonders, where we played Don't Pull. Oh, Don't Pull's amazing. I love yeah, that game. very good. I need, I need to go. That's another one on the long list I need to go back to. Yes, really a, good game. That. An Iron Horse, I need to go back to that. I love Iron Horse. Yeah. yeah, I think we should. Maybe we'll do a podcast one day where we do go back to the games. That's a good idea. Yeah, yeah maybe. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's quite good. I'm looking at this. We can't really go through this list. It's massive. You put loads on here, mate. Yeah. He did He did loads. He went on to the console games after that then. That's yeah. obviously a transition, isn't it, from the arcade to the console? Yeah, PlayStation Portable Games, Power Stone 2, Devil May Cry 2. Oh, yeah, big names, big names. Uh, mobile Suit Gundam games, which are big in Japan. They are massive in Japan. He had a lot to do with Resident Evil, actually. Oh, right, okay. Yeah, even as far as um, something like a, uh, an executive producer on the first film. Wow. It was even that involved. Do you know what? This guy, just by looking at this here in his, in his history that you've done, he reminds me exactly of Miyamoto. He yeah. is basically Capcom's Miyamoto, because Miyamoto started off as a graphic artist doing side art, and then he went on to design a few games, and then oh, obviously yeah. went on to the consoles later on, and now he's the god of Nintendo, as he should be. And this guy's the god of uh, Capcom. Yeah, he did, in 2003, set up his own uh, company, Game Republic. Oh, okay. Um, they did a few sort of uh, PS3, Microsoft, uh, Xbox games. Yeah. Um it was never really happy with the um, with the output. It, it was good, but not up to his previous standard. Yeah. Um, eventually, it actually went bust, but I don't think it was their fault. It was to do with another company, a publishing company called Brash Entertainment. Okay. Um, They're a bit brash. Yeah, they were yeah. a bit. And, and they did movie licenses, so they farmed out these movie licenses to, to uh, Okamoto's company. Yeah. Um, Clash of the Titans was one of them. Oh, poor. So they put they put all the resources into this, and then they mm. went bust. Yeah, so, I think 
I think when you go when you go games the games way, you pay a fortune for these licenses, and if the game doesn't pull off, you bu- you bust, you bankrupt. Yeah, so it's a shame. When Brash went bust, they had this sort of seventy five percent complete game. Um, I think they eventually sold it on to, uh, was it Namco? Yeah, Namco Bandai brought it. Yeah. But it just wasn't finished and it wasn't very good. Oh, um, so they poured all this money into it. And also another one which was based on the the, the film 300. Oh, I, I am Sparta. I, I am Sparta. hate those films. Oh, I really Mega hate violence. Films. They're awful. Popcorn movie. Basically, it's like watching a game. Yeah. Game graphics is poor as we. <laughs> And then, um, when um, Game Republic went bust, he sort of disappeared off the ra- radar. So I'm trying to um, track him down. Mm-hmm. And just um, at the end of October, he's popped up again and he's oh. doing mobile games. Um, oh, good. There's one called Monster Strike. I think it's just released in uh, the US at the minute. Yeah. And it's um Apple and Android game. And it looks to me a bit like Pokemon. So he's back on the scene. It'd be nice if you can do some... Little arcade type games that are good on on the on the mobile device because that's what we need. These little indie, obviously he's not an indie developer; he's a big yeah. developer. Back in the day, he would have been regarded as an indie developer doing these little arcade games. And if he can produce stuff like Sonson and Volgus and these kind of games, I'm buying them. Simple yeah, as that. Me too. Sounds brilliant. Yeah. So well, the guy's been—he's really, really good. An excellent. Yeah, Yoshiki Okamoto. Yeah, remember. a legend, a legend. Because he's Japanese, you don't really remember the name so much. No, but I will now. Yeah, brilliant. Okay, let's do the art of side art. Um, I've chosen this week's one. We're not doing that one you wrote on the notes. You can do that next week. Okay, fair you. Enough. With your notes. <laughs> the one I've chosen, and I got it out of a book I've got. Um, as I mentioned earlier, I was talking about it. It's an arcade book, but it's quite an old one. And basically, it's just a coffee ship book of arcade porn. It's brilliant. It's got all these old cabs, but it's really nice yeah. pictures. But it's an American-based thing, and it's actually got a price guide on there, and it's ridiculous. You think, I'd pay five times that for this cab, and it's ridiculous. Yeah. But the one I've chosen is Midway Seawolf. This is an old game. Mm. It's a 1976 game, black and white. And it was a video version of their electromechanical game, Sea Raider, which I actually played back in the day. It was an old, really? Um, yeah, really good little game. And this cab is huge. I know this because Sean, who used to run the arcade barn down in Exmouth, had one. And I actually helped him fix the periscope on it. And these things are built like a tank. You imagine being in a real sub in the 40s. Yeah. And you imagine it'd be made out of steel, it'd be heavy. These things are the same thing. They're made out of steel. They've got bearings in as you move the thing left to right, and it's got a fire button, and it's got like a knurled grip, a knurled sort of steel grip, and it's all steel you look into. And if you're quite sure, it's actually got a little platform on the floor you stand on to see into the submarine periscope. And the game is it's um, the monitor, and it's a black-and-white monitor. It's only simple 76. It's flat to the machine, and it, it... project it onto a sort of half-back glass with sort of a sea, sea scene on it. Yeah. So it's, it looks brilliant. And when you look through a periscope, it gives you that sort of um, that sort of view from a, you know, it's not like looking at a screen. It's like looking through something into your display with all these ships. And the ships are just simple white things going past. You know, it's, it's very, yeah. very simple. I am. You shoot. Yeah. Off, you, if you... If you could cast your mind back, you would have played it. It was very, it's loads of them in the arcade. I, I did do, definitely did do. Yeah. If, if you think about it, I know people say Space Invaders was really the first. I think it uses the same hardware as Space Invaders. It's an 88, 8086. 
chip. Mm. It's an 8080 processor. Dumb pass. So they say that's the first shooter, but I think this has got a laser claim as well, Seawolf. Yeah. Uh, the first, like, shooting bullets up the screen, you know. That, yeah, basically, yeah, that, it was. There were ones before Seawolf that were, that were like that. But I well, think- the old AM games, you actually mm. shot, um, it was like a, a, a strobe, sort of series of lights. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and as it obviously it blanks one off as it goes, it looks like it's moving. It's really clever how they do it. And you had like the sort of um, I think it was on a tape. The sounds were on a tape. And you used to boom these sounds at you. It's really clever how the old EM games work. But as we said, the art of side art—that's the game. The side art on it is brilliant. It's got art all round it. It's a perfect game for this segment. I've had a lot. Yeah, it's really nice, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, at the front of it. Where the kick plate is, where you've got the, you know, your coin box and everything, the coin door. It's got a sort of underwater scene. There's like sea fauna and sharks floating around. There's a sub on there. And then on the out, on the outside of it, sort of green and yellow, and there's, there's badass subs all over it with, you know, looking really menacing. And it's full on from the bottom of the cab to the very top. No, just rubbish little round sticker, full side yeah. art. And I, I got a feeling they might have been painted. Or, or maybe they were screen printed, I don't know, but they're really right. nice. I remember looking at Sean's one, it was brilliant. And uh, on the front of it, it's not got a flat marquee, it's got almost like a bulkhead, where, the, where the, you, you look through a metal periscope, and it's got like a sort of round bulkhead at the top, and the, the marquee wraps around, it goes flat, and then round the bulkhead, and then flat again. And it's got sort of like a submarine periscope target on it, with subs on it, and then the, the Seawolf uh, graphic. Really, really nice game. You should check it out. I'll put, I'll put pictures on the show notes for everyone to look at. So please have a look at the show notes. And that's about it for that section, I think. Yeah. And now we're going to have a little short musical interlude while we go make some coffee. So enjoy this. We'll be back after this. And that was the theme music from Truxton 2, Tatsujin O, which is one of my favourites. It's kind of like a 70s uh, kind of Klaus Schultz, uh, Tangerine Dream kind of vibe to it. I like that one. Cool. And I've just been given some strawberry and raspberry flavoured water. Very nice. Mm, proper water. Council pop. <laughs> right then. So let's just wrap it up with next show's game and who picked it. Uh, both of us, really. Yep, both of us, and it is... Space Invaders, uh, uh, quite well known. Um, well, I've heard of it. Yeah. Right, there's a reason why, you ask. There's a reason for this. Our friends No Quarter 
awesome podcast. If you're listening to this, you must have heard of No Quarter. Go and listen to it. They're brilliant. They've just done quite a brave review of Defender, which is a really super common game. And they kept apologizing on it, saying, oh, you know, everyone spoke about this better than we have before and everyone knows it. Yes, they do. But they did a really good job of reviewing it, I mm, thought. They did. And uh, they, they sort of spoke about things I didn't know about before. So it's quite informative as well. And they took a fresh look to it. Everyone's played Defender before. Everyone knows it's hard. But why is it hard? And why is it so good? And why is it so well known? And they answered all those questions. So it got me thinking, let's do a common game. I'm nicking their idea. Blatant. <laughs> but we both like Space Invaders. And what, to make a, t a little bit of a twist, I don't want to completely nick their idea, is we're going to choose Space Invaders and we'll play Space Invaders for our challenge. Space Invaders 1, the normal version. Yeah. I think it's called version M on main. Uh, right. Or the TV version, I can't remember. You'll find it easy enough. Yeah. But what we're going to do is look into the bootlegs of Space Invaders, because there were hundreds of bootlegs of Space Invaders. Yeah. And we'll choose a few of our favourites, and even games that are like Space Invaders, because there's quite a few sequels to Space Invaders, which were quite good as well. It's like Space Invaders 95 and uh, Return of the Lunar Loonies, or whatever they're Super called. Space Invaders. Super, Super, Super Space Invaders and all that lot. Majestic 12, that is yes. such a good name. There's loads of versions of it, yeah. so we're going to choose a few of them, get a few scores up, have a bit of a challenge. We'll probably talk to each other in the week, or the next two weeks, and say, have a go at this, see if we can get on this. And even games that were like Space Invaders. We won't go into the Galaxian clones, because lots of them as well. Yeah. But, you know, left to right meanies coming down at you. We'll go into games like that, I think. Right, yeah. So we're all going to ask the listeners to send in your scores as well, because it's a common game. Everyone's been playing it for 30-odd years. And I know that Davo is quite good at Space Invaders. He's got tactics for it, and he's really good at it. See, I'm not. I'm going to have to find these tactics. I know the the, the counting... I never use it. Thing. Never no. bother with it. I just go for it. I yeah. do. I've got a little thing where I sort of get ones in a certain order, then get these other ones, and I try and do that, but it never really works. <laughs> but yeah, there's a there's a bunch of clones I really like on this that you can. I'll, I'll send you some links for. Um, but yeah, I'm quite looking forward to playing Space Invaders. I do like it, and I like all the clones as well. Yeah, should be good. That's about it. Nothing more to say. I've got one more thing. Go on. Macab list. Uh, I'm going to put Star Force in my cab list. Oh, so what, were you taking Commando out? No, I've got a little annex on me. You're not an annex. Roger won't like that. You won't have it. You can't have that. I can't, can't, so can't, I can't have it. 11 games. Right, I'm going to take out Mooncrester then. Oh, take out Mooncrester's pants. Oh, I love it. I hate Mooncrester. I'll take that out and put we've, Star What we've Force done, in. we haven't just taken it. We've taken Mooncrester out in your garden. We've got sledgehammers. We've smashed into the ground and left out in the rain. That's what we've done with Mooncrester. <laughs> but now it's grown back like one of them brown onions but, into a new Mooncrester. <laughs> but what I've done is I've nicked the monitor out because they're precious. <laughs> can't get rid of monitors. <laughs> Oh, and I've converted into Galaxian as well, the board. Oh. That'll do. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you in two weeks' time. Yes, thank you. Cheers. Cheers. Bye. You can download or play the podcast, read all the show notes, and leave feedback at www.10pencearcade.co.uk. You can email me at vertvic at 10 You can also reach us on our Facebook page. You can tweet me at 10 and you can tweet Sean at Sean Holly. We'd love to hear from you. For game suggestions, arcade pickups and stories, or any of your personal thoughts on anything we may have covered. <laughs>